to everyone. Everyone who made it. Yeah. Any test or trial. Hopeless situation. Best situation. Now you have a story. The angels can't sing. Just can't sing in glory. You're redeemed. You're redeemed from the hand of the enemy. That is Testimony by Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. I love the song, love the message. It's very powerful. Um, I do not own the copyrights to the song, uh, but it fits very well with the theme we're going to go with. This is Finding My Voice with Kina Powell. And we're always going to start with a disclaimer because, you know, in this podcast, the main thing we're going to talk about is our mental health. Um, my own personal journey as well as the journey as others um, and some things that come up may be triggering for people so we so that trigger warning is out um, there keep yourself safe you know hold uphold your boundaries and what you need everything but i do um, want to put that trigger warning out there for um give you an opportunity to continue to listen or not listen and what we're going to discuss today is recovery we are going to be discussing recovery today um i had the great honor the privilege to uh, interview Will Sampson. Will is a public speaker, a life coach, and the host of his very own show, his very own podcast, excuse me, has Mission Driven You, uh, where he dives into empowerment to make a difference really in the world. Um, Let's have a listen at our interview. Um, thank you so much for being here, Will. I'm very excited. Um, uh, just uh, as we get started, like uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, tell me how you uh, got to be like how you started to build. You have a website, right? Um, we'll say, I do. Um, yeah, like tell me a little about it. Like, what is something that uh, you would really like people to know about you and see for themselves about uh, what you're trying to put out there? Yeah, thank you for that question, and thank you for hosting this podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Um, a big part of my story is I'm a person in long-term recovery. For me, it's a recovery from alcohol, but it really could be recovery from anything. It could be overcoming any 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 time somebody overcomes a particular thing. There's really a we have a different perspective on the other side of it. And for me, um, you know, I I've been doing the work that I do now. I've been a coach, I um, an individual life coach, and I also help companies with culture and uh, kind of how to go through changes. Um, but I will say that coming through the recovery process was a real difference maker for me because it's only when we've overcome a particular issue and i know for you like i know you you're you've overcome some mental health issues and on the other side of that there's a no no you're able to see things in ways you couldn't see them before right. mm -hmm. and so for me i um i get the great pleasure of coaching people kind of helping them make their life better i get the great pleasure of helping companies um do what they do i host a podcast myself but 
if there's one thing I would tell people, and it's it's what I often lead with, it's that my journey through recovery has been the most transformative experience in my life, without a doubt, and it really affects everything else that I do. Yeah, for sure, because uh, I get what you mean about the um, being in a different perspective, a different light, you see things differently, because like when you're in it, like when you're in that darkness, in that dark space, um, that's all you see around you, like there is no light, there is no uh, light right. in their tunnel, there is no brightness, like there is no hope, you know, like you're just like, this is what I need in this moment, this is what I'm going after. Um, and unfortunately, I like that's like mental, not mental health, sorry, like it's the alcoholism. And then like for me, like it's just like is the, the deep depression and like the suicidal thoughts coming in and stuff like that. Um, so I'm glad you are on the road to recovery. You're still uh, how many years now? Or It was three years in December. Come on, three years. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So no, it's been a great journey. Yeah. It, it started rough. I mean, you know, my my process of entering what finally said, okay, dude, you got to take this seriously and really deal with it was I had gotten into an accident and in a drunk state, I actually left the scene of the accident. I didn't, I don't even remember all of it. Ended up spending uh, five weeks in jail because of this. And people are like, Oh, that's hard. It, yeah, it was. And it, of course it was jail, not prison. It's not like I was in on the cast of Oz or something. Right. But, <laughs> but it was, but it was still, it was a hard thing. But I often tell people like I would I would never choose that again. Like I would never, you know, knowingly, happily put myself in confinement for five weeks, but I would never trade it. It was the most transformative experience in my life, because when you're when you have time and you have nothing else to do, there was no cell phones to distract me. There was no TV to watch. Um, I had a I had a pen and, and a pad of paper and I journaled through my life and through my story and it was I mean, really it was it was such an important transformative spiritual experience for me so i would never like i said i would never want to go through that again but i would i wouldn't trade it because it was really important and i came out on the other side with a different perspective even on my own problems yeah for sure and i love that word transformative because it really is like uh, I think of uh, like the metaphor metamorphosis of like a butterfly, like a caterpillar to a butterfly. Like you start one way and then you like go through a period like you're in that cocoon, cocoon. And it's like that's really where that transformation is happening. You're growing, you're evolving and then you come out better, brighter and ready to uh, begin your life anew because you're still the same person overall. Sure. You're the same person. But just have another perspective. Caterpillars fly, you know, so like now they're going right. to heights and new uh, places. Uh, so I think that's right. really great. Uh, so what would you say was, um, like, how did you have, like, did you have help along this way? Did you have, like, someone, like, guiding you along the way? Did someone, like, like was that just that experience that, like, knocked you in the head? Or just, like, sometimes it's like, okay, like, were people telling you along the way, like, hey, like, I think you should need, should get help. Hey, like, this is, I'm seeing this, like, yeah. I really care about you and stuff like that. Like, you need to get help. Uh, yeah. And I, and the short answer is, yeah, I had tons of help and, and I was the great, recipient of a lot of grace and that's the the only reason I'm I can sit here with you today and talk about my experiences because I was given grace by a lot of people I tell this story in a, in some of the talks that I give but the day I had to go <clears throat> to jail um so I was in court I was being sentenced and I was the last person in the courtroom and so the judge was looking out and they she couldn't understand why there were still 18 people in the courtroom. <laughs> She's like, who are all these people? And my attorney said, well, they're here to back up Mr. Sampson. They're here. They're this they're this guy's cheerleading squad. 
And she said, and Kina, honest, honestly, if, if I didn't have witnesses to verify that this is what she said, it would almost sound like a script from a Hollywood movie. But she said, she said, you're very fortunate. Be sure to lean on your on those people when your time with us is done. And, you know, five weeks later, when I got out, I had this network of people and some of them were recovery. Some of them were people from my church. Some of them were other people from the community. What I what I learned is that it's often true in our life that there are people who are willing to give us love and belief in, in us until we can create it for ourselves. And that was the problem. Like I was just the victim of my own stories. I've been beating myself up and telling myself, oh, I could never be this, or I never did that, or I didn't succeed at this or whatever. And so I was kind of trapped in my own stories. And it took a group of people who said, let us love you until you can love yourself to say, okay, maybe, maybe I'll give this a shot. Maybe I'll give this a try. And of course, you know, three, three and a half years later, I'm, I'm living proof that, you know, when we invest, when we're willing to invest love and belief in other people, that can have a real meaningful impact on the world because thankfully the people I get to help now, it's almost like the idea of paying it forward. I'm paying it forward from the investment other people made in me. Yeah, for sure. Cause it's like, we can't do this alone. You know, like we can't, right. um, like we have the people to hold us accountable to support us when we're feeling low. So I might, and like, we can go to and say like, Hey, like I'm struggling right now. And like, uh, can you, I need some support. I need some help. Right. Um, right. And that's amazing, like that they even were like willing to even go to like the courtroom with you and mm-hmm. just like just show that. Yeah. And I know that really moved the judge as well because you can see it. You can um, see like they aren't there, and the judge sees that and like will go to their background. Like, well, I see that you did this, 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 and they like have all these accounts of the things that they did. And then, like, of right. course, they're going to judge them even more harshly because it's just, like you don't have that love, you don't have that support. Right. And that could be the true difference between like someone makes it or they break it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's like we uh, dismiss people. It's just like that. Like, no, we all need help. You know, like even the people who um, are out there struggling, we all need help. And it's like uh, we need someone to say like, hey, like, I believe in you. I know you can do this. Like, let me help you. Let me go along with it. You know? Right. Can I throw a thought in on that? Because this is, I think this is a really important distinction as well, Keena. Like, we think that the way to succeed is to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Like, we've been told that our whole life, because that's just kind of the waters we swim in. But nobody does that. <laughs> reality. Like, like, the best example I can give of this is Richard Branson. So we all kind of know Richard Branson is this mega billionaire, quote unquote, self-made man. And yet when Branson was 23 years old, he went bankrupt Mm -hmm. and his mom stepped in to keep him afloat. She mortgaged your home. She gave him enough money to pay the taxes, the back taxes, keep him afloat. And now he's this amazing self-made man. Well, sort of, but it's also true that someone, in this case, Eve Branson, his mom, played a really critical role in his life. And, you know, if we really want to be countercultural, let's give away love and belief to other people. Like that's the most, I think that's the most radical thing we could do is give other people love and belief because it just, it seems like the radical work is, well, I'm going to make it on my own. No, the truly radical work is I'm going to invest love in this person uh, until they either decide they can't love themselves. And there's some people we can't help or until they're really transformed by that investment. Yeah. For sure. 
and like just not giving up because like if i'm thinking about like my own personal life if like if i go throughout my life if i people have given up on me like i i wouldn't have made it i wouldn't be here today if someone had gave up on me um it's like fighting for the people that we truly love for because and like you said there are people who just like they just won't accept the help and like they're uh gotten to a point like we somebody like you as a person individually can't help them there's somebody out there who can't help them but you have to accept like maybe i'm not that person and like somebody else will prayfully somebody else will come along um so you've exactly. mentioned your beliefs and spirituality um and that you go to church like so how has that helped shape you as well and uh help you throughout your recovery yeah so and there are different pro paths for people to find recovery and some of them are more spiritual than other others um for me uh, my path has been a deeply spiritual journey. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the 12 steps of recovery because it's, it's an, it's a, it's a series of steps that take you through a process that really be, really do four things in, in the 12 steps, at least in, you know, dealing with alcohol. Same thing is true with narcotics is you start by admitting that you're powerless over this thing. You need help from something greater than you. And what that is, is a whole other conversation. I'll talk about that in a minute. But then you do the deep, hard work of internal navigation, like what's happening in me? What are the stories I tell myself? Why do I, where does this dysfunction come from? And then you, uh, as you move on in the steps, you try to create, try to restore all the relationships with the people in your life and you make amends to the people you've harmed. And then at the end of that process, in the 12 step at least of alcoholics anonymous is you know now i try to practice these principles in all my affairs so now it's this big loop so now on a regular basis on a daily basis i'm saying where am i in relation to me where am well first of all where am i in relation to god or to where am i in relation to me where am i in relation to others and then how do i serve the world how do i help people and so you know for me um i i grew up in traditional christianity like having a concept of a higher power was not a particularly wasn't hard for me there's a lot of people who come into recovery and they just don't have that and um and um then they have to figure out you know how they're going to work work that part of the of the step work but to me the big the big admission is not so much that i believe in god although i do it's that i recognize i need something bigger than me like that <laughs> you want to understand how like people get all wrapped up or what's a higher what's this higher power thing no i just need something bigger than me i need to admit that as good as i am as smart as i am as hard as i work i will never succeed without help which is greater than me and that can be a group of people who help me it can be a higher power it's it's for me it's really a a number of things but it really starts with this idea that um i need i need something bigger than me and that's how that's kind of how it's worked for me yeah that's just like just um because like our lives we're not going to be here forever we are not going right. to be on this earth forever it's right. only a short amount of time that we have so it's just like having that legacy of like where am i leaving behind like what is going to happen after i'm gone like what are we striving for the people i'm bringing in with me like where was the overall goal that we're going to try to achieve like are we going to leave an imprint a positive imprint on the world or are we going to bring more harm and destruction um and that's yeah. something that we definitely have to look at and make 
Um, mm-hmm. I think you said you were going to uh, go into something else, something. Uh, yeah. And, and that I, I actually, I love that prompt because it kind of leads into what else I wanted to share, which is if, if there's something bigger than me, then there's also something bigger than time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get so bound up in the, our problems of today or the problems of our culture today. And goodness, I, you know, you don't have to look hard to find <laughs> to find problems in Memphis or wherever it is. Like there's these, there's these really, you know, big problems. And I, I have a background working in creation care and environmental work. And so I, I can look as well at, you know, some of the ways that we've devastated our planet. And there's certainly just all kinds of problems happening with how we think about um, culture and race and social status. And I mean, it's just, we've got, we got issues. Right? We got issues. So it's, it's so tempting to get, wrapped up in um oh everything's bad everything's wrong but for me the other really important thing related to uh, recognizing that there's a higher power recognizing that there's something bigger than myself is recognizing that this planet's going to keep going even after i leave <laughs> and so the real question is what am i going to leave behind there's a um, there's a guy named ari wallach who wrote a book called long path and the subtitle is something like, I may not get it exactly right, but it's it's asked the question, how do we become better ancestors? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just this year, uh, or I should say just last year, I had my first grandchild. So wow. now it's real. Like I can look and I have my children and they're beautiful and I love them. But now there's a grandchild and we can imagine this thing, this project, this human project is going to keep going. How can we, um, you know, use the power of God, the power of a higher power to leave the world a little better behind, to also deal with, you know, intergenerational trauma. I mean, mm-hmm. in my coaching business, even though I coach executives, we end up spending a lot of time talking about their childhood and traumas and these stories and how they get in their way. Um, and so, you know, finding the belief in God or a higher power who can also help heal trauma and keep us from perpetuating these problems that we inherited, um, I think is also a really important part, important part of the, of the work. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my last question here is, uh, before we wrap up, um, do you have like any special like resources, stuff like that? Like, uh, did you just like, um, like how you began your journey on your recovery? Like, did you just look up AA or did you, uh, have like a facility you went to or anything like anything you would just like, like to share with people? You bet. Yeah. So I'll share two things. First of all, anybody interested in recovery, literally, it is as close as Google, as a Google search. It, if you are listening to this podcast, you are within 15 to 20 minutes drive of an AA meeting. Uh, unless you happen to be listening in our Antarctica or <laughs> as close <laughs> as possible. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're within 15 to 20 minutes of finding a group of people that will give you hope. And, you know, for me, walking into such a strange uh, act to walk into this room of people who were, you know, trying to um, find hope, but it was also the most powerful and redemptive act that um, I could do as well. Uh, But the other thing I'll share too, you know, what has helped me on my journey to grow is ordering my priorities 
around those areas where I know I need help. So for me in particular, you know, substance abuse, that's a thing. That's an area where I just, I'm going to need help the rest of my life. I'm going to continue to submit to a process. But when I do that, then I can, I can really find in me the power to do all kinds of other things. So I got sober during COVID, which is, I know the opposite of what a lot of people <laughs> happened to a lot of people, right? Most people fell down a deep right. hole, right? I happen to be somebody who got sober during COVID. And um, about two years ago, um, so about a year into the pandemic, um, I was doing what I often do, which is I was telling myself, oh, you never do any, you never do what you say you're going to do. You're a terrible person. Blah, blah. I was t- just saying all these things to myself. I would never say to another human, right? That's how our self-talk often works. Right. And, and I realized, I said, that's actually, that's not true. You've been helping to run this. I've, I'd been running an online recovery meeting for a, almost a year at that point. I'd been starting to help other people who were trying to find recovery. And so what that did, because other people had sort of loved me enough till I could get to this point, what that did was it let it, it let me ask, well, what else could I do? And for me, health has been a big part of my journey over the last two years. So I started doing a lot of work around health, around physical health. Um, I started coaching more people. I started doing more and more work because I had this inhabit formation, we call it a keystone habit, for, which for me is just showing up every me- every morning at a meeting, a recovery meeting and saying, I'm here. Um, when I make that my keystone habit, it turns out I can stack a whole bunch of other things around it. And so a lot of the growth that I've experienced has been um, because I have a regular daily habit of doing this one thing and building on that, I've been able to really put together a very nice set of habits that help me grow in my own life. And then of course, help others. Yeah, for sure. That is amazing. Yeah. Cause you um, can't just harbor all like these lessons and stuff and keep them to yourself. Like the right. most important thing you have to share it. Uh, Cause again, we're all living on this earth. <laughs> we are all absolutely struggles and any help that we can get and share it with others. I think that's truly important. Um, yep. so thank you so much for your time thank here. You. It has been a uh, pleasure getting to know you a little bit more. Thank you for sharing your story uh, with me, even if it's mm-hmm. all for a short amount of time. Uh, I think we truly are out here just trying to help a lot of people. And I appreciate the work that you do. Um, I know you. it can't be easy. And I know uh, like you have your own battles, your own struggles, but you're doing the work. And I'm proud to know you and proud to uh, get to know you. So, uh, Likewise. Thank you, Keenan. Yeah, of course. Uh, I just want to take the time to thank Will so much uh, for doing this interview with me. Um, like I shared with you guys before a couple episodes ago, um, I had been on a hiatus and I've been on a hiatus because I was depressed and I was deep in my depression. Um, and I did this interview with Will a couple weeks ago and he reminded me, he reminded why I started my podcast at the first place. Um, because I'm just truly out here trying to help, like in sharing my story and sharing other people's stories. I just want people to know that they are not alone and they're going through this world alone. Um, so thank you, Will, for uh, sharing that with me, as well as just uh, restarting the fire uh, that I had inside me. It really, truly does mean a lot, and I appreciate you. Um, and thank you for uh, the experience and opening your heart up to me as well. Uh, if anybody else has any resources and stuff uh, that those of you are listening um, that you like to share, helpful tidbits that you've learned in your own personal recovery process or uh, other things you may be going through with that you might find helpful, uh, let's get it, you know, like, I, this is an open forum, and I want to extend this, too, as well, 
uh, let it be interactive. It don't need to just be me talking all the time. Uh, so yeah, any help that we can give each other is always, always appreciated. This has yeah. been Finding My Voice. As always, thanks for listening and until next time. Yeah.